you've made it for us to rejoice and be glad in. And we repent if we have not been glad for this day. Lord, we just uh, renounce every foul mood, every work of the flesh, every sinful thought, attitude that, that we hold on to. Father, we just release that now and we ask your forgiveness and help us, Father, to be rejoicing, glad people every single day because that's what you created our days for. Help us to spend the days the way you have ordained for us to spend them. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and Praise God. Amen. Well, we were listening to Norval Hayes on the way here, and he was talking about worship. And he was talking about how that's really the foundation of our covenant with God. He was sharing with people how we have no right to come into God's throne room and ask for anything until we spend time worshiping him. And he talked about the benefits of worship, the the uh, promises of God that the man who worships God or puts him first. And, and uh, he spoke about worshiping God alone in your house by yourself <laughs> instead of what we do when we're in a congregation. You know, it's kind of easy to just go with the flow. Everybody's there. But then when you're by yourself, you know, sometimes you feel like you're too busy or you you know you should worship or you you mean to do it but you don't get around to it um and so i think it's maybe we need to rededicate ourselves to it and commit ourselves to worshiping god all the time like worshiping him in in and offering up to him what is rightfully due him you know, he is worthy to be praised. And that phrase, phrase really means nothing unless we prove that in our, our, our lives every day, you know. So, um, I was thinking on the way here, I said, Lord, let, let's do this today. Let's commit to worship and praise you and let's spend some time, uh, praising God, you know, um, because he is good. Uh, his mercy endures forever. He's a great God. Uh, he, he created everything. He gave everything that he had as a ransom for you and for me. We mean that much to him. And it's only right that we would return, uh, praise and honor and be thankful to him every single minute of every day for everything that he is and everything that he has given us. So I uh, found a couple of scriptures um, uh, in Second Chronicles uh, chapter five, and I want you to read along with me, and you know, highlight some places in your Bible or jot a note down here or there, because I think there are some important things here for us to make ourselves aware of, just to always uh, be mindful, because the nation of Israel received great 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 deliverances from god they received uh great mercies they had wonderful feasts to god they were the only nation that that would feast to their god the way they did i mean their their celebrations were truly um, monumental and joyous. They were filled with the presence of God. They had the, their, their sins were forgiven. They had the reassurance from God that everything was right between He and them. And, uh, they lived in harmony with God. And I think there's a key here for us. 
in order to live in harmony, we have to go to God, uh, confessing our sins and repentance and make sure that we are not carrying over burdens and dis, and, and bad attitudes and, and strife and, uh, anger and, you know, cause we don't get our way or, you know, whatever it is, we've got to keep a pure heart and a, and a short, they say short accounts near the older saints would say keep short accounts with God. That means go to Him regularly. Not just once a day. You know, you know you did bad yesterday, but you're gonna wait till tomorrow to talk to God about it. Tomorrow seldom comes for us to do the things we don't want to do today. We just keep putting them off. And he he is so impressed upon me, this message about the power of the blood and honoring blood and the forgiveness of sins. Um, I always look at the people that God has me read and has me study from. Um, I don't. I don't go on Christian television. I told you guys that. I think that's bad shopping sometimes. It's too passive. You need to, you need to seek God deliberately for the things that you need. I mean, make a deliberate God. What do I need right now? What feeding do I need? What, where do I need to go to get fed? Now you know to read, to listen to the messages from this ministry. I don't need to tell you that. But so often people think of this as not being as important to them as their favorite TV person or their favorite internet person or something like that. But if God sends you here, he means for you to learn the things that are taught here first. He wouldn't send you somebody somewhere and that be secondary in your life to your favorite other preacher. So first of all, we have to get a discipline in understanding God's ways and God's ways of providing for us and God's ways of feeding us and not go shopping, you know, in an ill-advised manner for the things we think we need. So I believe that God prescribes a spiritual diet for everybody and we have to be careful to receive what he has for us. And so I'll I'll ask God to lead me. I said, God, you know, I think I need to get myself strengthened. You know, I'll I'll feel like a little a weakness on the inside and my inner man and my spirit needs there's a hunger there. Uh this is how God has taught me being a minister, he'll teach me different than he teaches you, okay? I'm not telling you this to tell you to go do what I do. But I'm just telling you that God prescribes a specific diet for me, and he has one for you too. And I've described that to you, first and foremost, what you're taught here. And if you have room for other things, then you can learn other things that support what you're being taught here. You don't go off and find some weird doctrine, squirrely doctrine, and then you want to run around to other people in the ministry and tell them what you learned over here. You understand what I'm saying? That is so off, it's, it's, it's not even, you know, when you think about it, but it's so many people that do that and feel like they have a special understanding for the rest of the little sheep that aren't as smart as they are and all that kind of nonsense. Uh, don't live like that. Amen. Uh, live, live by what God prescribes for you and make sure you get, because if you get what's being fed to you, you'll, you'll prosper. 
your household will be saved. You, you'll receive all the blessings and benefits that God has ordained for us. And, and you'll be, uh, sincere in your commitment to the Lord. You know, you, God, I'm, I'm feeding on this and I'm expecting you to build me up spiritually so that in my time of need, I'll be able to speak the right word in my situation. I'll be able to pray the right prayer. I'll be able to hold on believing you for family members, et cetera, et cetera. So they're just some basic things that that all believers should be locked into God believing for. Household salvation, peace in your household, peace among your loved ones. Uh, all of the things that, that God wants to have done uh, need to be done. I, I made it my a vow to God that I would see all of my relatives, nieces, nephews, grandnieces, grand, all, all the in-laws I always say. And I, I opened up my home on Thanksgiving for a family dinner. And to me, it's never just been about the food. It's been about being a witness for God to my family. And God has honored that request. Hey, this was the first year because um, I was packing some things. You know, I'm, I'm planning to move. I started packing and I felt it was God for me to take this first step of faith and act like I'm going somewhere, you know. So <laughs> let's get packing. And I wasn't able to host the, the family meal. And the Lord began to show me. He said, what was your purpose in doing this? And I was thinking about it, and he said, have you not seen every single one of them turn to the Lord? Either serving God closer to him, you got me, or under construction, as they say. There are some that that have confessed Christ very young, kind of not walking with him. But those are the under construction ones that, that we can see that God has put his hand on. And he said, I've done what you've asked me to do with this. He said, if you want to continue, you can continue when you get moved. But you've given me enough to work with. You understand what I'm saying? And so let that be your, 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 I'm no different than you are. You know, I'm, maybe I'm a little more fanatical because <laughs> this is what I do. You know, this is all I do. This is all I want to do. This is all I was called to do. You understand what I'm saying? But on a, a same level, that's all you're called to do too. This will be the most important thing you'll ever do in your life is to stand for the salvation of your household. That's the most important thing you'll ever do. Amen. It, it doesn't matter if you leave them money, you don't leave them money. If you leave them saved, you've done your job. Amen. So, in Second Chronicles chapter 5, I thought I would just share this with you in getting you to understand the important steps in, in, uh, praise and getting God's approval. Amen. Uh, praise and worship always get God's approval. They always do. Because God leads you into His presence and His presence really is His stamp of approval on what you've done. You know, it's the Old Testament, uh, the power of God would descend, God would send the fire to consume the offering, and the smoke would ascend up to heaven, and they knew God was pleased, but also God would send His presence down. So what He's saying is, is I accept you, I love you, I've come down to dwell with you, what do you need? Amen. And so it's a good thing, amen, it's a good thing to understand worship. And understand praise. 
Understand keeping short accounts with God is so vitally important. I can't tell you the times I'll tell God, I said, God, I'm beating these people over the head with repentance. He said, if you've got nothing else to beat them with, that'll keep them. You understand what I'm saying? And so I, 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 because I'm a firm believer in the power of the blood and the forgiveness of sins to allow us into God's presence so that he can approve of us. That repentance always gets God's approval, folks. You can't stress that enough. And the reason I say it is because nobody preaches it. Even even the people that we like and they preach faith and they preach seldom will you have them focus on the power of of forgiveness of sins. I was so thankful um I I found Henry Groover and that's what he stresses. This is how he built his ministry. His whole ministry was was remission of sins forgiving people God saved his life so many times because before he would go into a situation if that person was threatening he would start out by forgiving them and asking God to forgive them and he was able to understand from God and and Henry said well Lord that works all the time and God said yeah because when you forgive them and you remit their sins. In other words, you don't hold them responsible for the evil they do to you. When you forgive their sins, the Lord says, I'm able then to lift the burden of sin from their soul and bring in repentance so that they can change. And see, the reason now we don't see many changes is because we don't do our part. Because we spend a lot of mental energy trying to uh, establish we're right and they're wrong. If we could cut that whole argument out of our lives, we could get so much done for God. Because many times we'll hold on to grudges because they did me wrong. There's so many people that are bound in that, that are, are, are unrepentant, you know, unrelenting. I remember somebody I met and they were angry at their husband for something. It just kind of made up stuff. You know, to me it didn't even sound like it was real. And and I prayed for that person. I'd been praying for their marriage. Three years later they called me and I said, well, hopefully, Lord, she's got good news. Yeah, she divorced her husband. He's still no good. Now I said, well, you know what, sis? I said, I can't sit here and listen to you talk like this. I said, I can pray for you. I said, but you got to forgive him. And he didn't. I said, I'm sorry. I said, you know, this is it for the conversation. You go on, find somebody else. If you want to rant and rave, but this is not, this is not acceptable behavior from Christians. It's not. Why should I humor her and pray for her when I know God's not going to hear our prayers? If she regards iniquity in her heart. And if I sit there and listen to it much longer, you know, I'd be just as guilty as she is. So I've told her, you know, I'm real sorry. You know, if you don't see it, you can't see the word, you know, in this. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and listen to you lie on your husband because his sins are forgiven, too. You, you know, you don't want to join the devil and accuse them and heap more more accusation on them when they're already have enough thrown at them from the enemy. So now we're going to side with the enemy just so we can feel better, you know. 
And if that makes you feel better, you, you're pretty miserable, <laughs> pretty miserable character, you know. But, uh, it, it's amazing to me the amount of sickness in the body of Christ that doesn't have to be there because we hold on to sin perpetrated, we feel against us and we hold on to that. Instead of releasing it through forgiveness and allowing our hearts to be cleansed so that God can hear our prayers and righteousness can be established and restoration. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs Jesus everything. But us, what does it cost you? Your pride. Gotta humble yourself. You can't be right this time. You gotta drop the right and the wrong. And you gotta understand that forgiveness is the most important thing. No, it would have to be because God forgave us first. So if he forgave us when we were the worst people in the world, how can you not, how can you think you're justified holding on to condemnation of somebody else because they hurt you? You ever think about the people you have hurt? Well, see, that wasn't what, no, 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 no. You can't make excuses for that. If you didn't, you're capable of it. You got to understand that. You gotta understand. Got harmony in God's house, peace and reconciliation, that's the most important thing to God. If it wouldn't, if it weren't, He would never have sent Jesus to die the way that He did if He didn't want the whole world to receive of forgiveness, peace and reconciliation. See, that's uppermost and foremost on God's mind. Always. Always. And that's what comes first. And so here we have in, in Second Chronicles chapter 5. <clears throat> I hope you were all paying attention and didn't go and go to sleep on me. Because these are important, important things. I mean, this will keep you healed. This will keep you saved. This will keep you married. This will keep money in your bank. This will take care of everything if you understand that God wants your sins to be forgiven and they must be confessed if that's going to happen. And so verse 1, thus all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished. Solomon brought all the things that David his father had dedicated and the silver, the gold, the instruments. He put him among the treasuries of the house of God. Solomon then assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel unto Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Wherefore all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast which was in the seventh month. All the elders of Israel came. The Levites took up the ark and they brought the ark up, uh, brought up the ark and the tabernacle of the congregation and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. These did the priests and Levites bring up. So Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that were assembled Unto him before the ark sacrificed sheep and oxen which could not be told or numbered for multitude. Now why is that? Why did that come first? What's a sacrifice represent? Mm-hmm. The shed blood. Without the shedding of blood there's no remission of sins. 
So before they go in to sing a song, you know, march a march, go into the temple, bring anything, they cleanse themselves first by the blood of the sacrifices that they gave. Amen. That's got to come first. That's got to be a, a regular part of our relationship with God. That's got to be applying the blood, acknowledging the power of blood to give us permission to be in the presence of God has to be established in our lives. You just can't go up running up to God and tell him you want this and you want that. And yeah, yeah, just talking and talking and talking. And You got me? You always acknowledge the blood. It's like uh, um, being in the presence of, say, like earthly kings and queens. I was watching uh, a clip of people who made mistakes over in Buckingham Palace with Queen Elizabeth. And there's a protocol that has to be followed when you're in her presence. You got me? Everybody has to follow it. Uh, oh yeah, well, <laughs> President Obama, he's offering a toast and everything and everybody looked at him like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, It was out of order. He meant well, but it was out of order. If you don't care enough about a person's royalty to follow protocol, you got me? Why should they recognize you? And it was like dead silence. Nobody held up a glass. Nobody told him he was wrong. He just knew it. You got me? And when he was done, he finished. And, and the next person that was ready to honor or something like they just moved on with the program. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to be careful to, to you know, um, acknowledge and observe protocol. In coming before the presence of God. I mean, even though Jesus lives in us and all, don't get familiar because he lives in you. Don't assume you always have God's ear. (laughs) Come on now. So he says, King Solomon and all the congregation that were there went into him before the ark and there they sacrificed, acknowledging their sin and asking forgiveness and receiving it because they re- offered the required sacrifice. And they were so thankful to God that they couldn't number all the the sheep and oxen that were slain in honor to God. And the priests brought in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord into his place. So repentance... The shedding of blood, forgiveness, precede the presence of God. You see that in verse 7? That's when they bring the ark in after the sacrifice is made. Amen? So the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place to the oracle of the house into the most holy place even under the wings of the cherubims, for the cherubims spread forth their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof above, and they drew out the staves of the ark, so they're now they're they carried it on these staves, they're poles that go 
between the little loops on the top of the ark. So they pull those out and let the ark rest there. So God has found a resting place in the midst of his people. That the ends of the staves were seen from before the ark, before the oracle, but they were not seen without, and there are there they are unto this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tables which Moses put in there in Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with them. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place where after they had made the sacrifice. This is how you know that what you're doing is acceptable to God. For all the priests that were present were sanctified. And did not then wait by course. In other words, they hadn't separated out which ones did which things. So everybody was included. So all the priesthood was sanctified here. Amen. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph and Heman and Jedathan and their sons and their brethren being arrayed in white linen having cymbals and psalteries and harps stood at the east end of the altar and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding the trumpets. Can you imagine such a sound? We have nothing like that here. And it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one. To make one sound. In other words, we don't have somebody blowing a shofar and somebody waving flags and somebody doing this and doing that. Well, think about it. I mean, it's better to do nothing. If you're going to be discordant and you're going to be over here doing this and somebody else doing that. Somebody trying to prophesy. Somebody trying to, you got me. Or one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord saying for he is good for his mercy endures forever. That then the house was filled with a cloud even the house of the Lord so the priest could not stand a minister by reason of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. So if you want God's glory to fill you up. If you want God to be ever present in your presence, make confess your sins. Stay humble before him. Talk to God about your shortcomings. Don't try to fix them yourself. Worst thing, you'll be stuck with them forever trying to fix them yourself. But if you'll humble yourself and acknowledge your shortcomings before God and let him know that you want his help with those things, You'll receive help like you never, never, ever thought could come to you. It's good to take those things to the Lord. Because many times the things that hinder our walk with Him, our relationships, our, our prosperity, our, you know, all of the things that bring us peace. They are things that can easily be fixed. They should not be struggle things, you know. Uh, if you struggle, uh, just keep going to God and say, God, forgive me for doing this. I did it again. I get so sick of coming here telling you what I, I've done wrong. I'm, I'm just tired of it. But I'm going to continue because I know that's where my help is. You understand what I'm saying? Don't let the devil talk you out of humbling yourself and confessing what you've done. 
confessing when your heart is 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 angry towards somebody or your your heart is is you know sometimes we're upset with people not because they're bad people we're upset because we have a standard i think that we think everybody ought to live by and it gets you in trouble sometimes you know you're measuring them by your standard instead of forgiving them and in in correcting yourself and letting that go you know god i have no right to hold them to this standard i have no right to judge them according to what i think my values are even though you might see them in the word you're not the judge so we have to release our judgment of people we have to release our impatience and and um uh you know just not believing in them not believing that god can help them you know you know sometimes you get on your high horse with people that you you're praying for them to be saved you know and you get on your high horse and and you know want to put them down with your words and with your attitude because they ain't getting saved fast enough well maybe you ought to get a little more saved not that you don't care about people i'm not saying go that far but I'm saying re- relax your judgment. Relax your tenseness about where they are. Because salvation belongs to the Lord. If you hold on to your peace and, and you hold on to your faith and continue to believe God for people's souls, God will come through. It's his idea to save them anyway, not yours. So we find ourselves many times getting tripped up in our own believing you know tripped up in your in your own faith tripped up some kind of way because we don't know how to really believe god we don't know how to really trust god but i'm telling you if we will stay humble before god see this is how you walk with him this is how you have peace with them him this is how you have harmony with god stay humble to him stay in his heart and in his mind you know, always go to God. God, you know, help me with this. I'm, I'm, I'm lousy at this. I'm not doing it right. You know, I'm still making the same mistakes. I'm still stumbling. I'm still having a challenge here. Uh, and I'm sorry, God, if I've been trying to go it on my own. I've been trying to fool you into thinking I do everything right. You understand what I'm saying? We just need to get really, really just plain out truthful. Amen. Just be honest. And that honesty will take you a long way (laughs) in God's kingdom. Don't go to God and say, if I've done anything to hurt anybody. Listen, come on now. You don't have amnesia. You know what you do. Sometimes we feel distant from God. We feel estranged from God. We get in our feelings and emotions. And, you know, it's like, God, I'm so sorry. I know you're right here for me. You're doing nothing but waiting for me to come to you. God, please forgive me. I want to be close to you and help me to live that life that, that Enoch lived. He walked with God. Amen. Don't let the fact that God took him one day be a problem to you. That's where we're all going. He just bypassed the funeral. You understand what I'm saying? And so, you know, many people don't desire to have the relationship Enoch had, but we should all, we all should. Cause that's our destiny is, is righteousness and holiness. Well, he said, we shall be holy 
Because he's holy. We'll be like him. He'll transfer his holiness onto us. If we'll repent and turn away from our iniquity. Amen. Turn away from your pride. Turn away from your selfishness. Turn away from your wanting to have the last word all the time. Amen. Turn away from wanting to have respect from everybody. You know. And all that kind of false stuff. And humble yourself before God. Live. Just live like a little child. You know, so many of us would love to go back to our childhoods or go back to a childhood that's that's better than what we had. No responsibility, no worries, no sickness, no cares, no fear. You can do that. We can all do that because that's where God wants us to live. Amen. Very close to him. And, and I'm telling you that what God wants to do in this earth, we will have to be so attentive to his every you know his every word to to know exactly where he's leading and how he's leading us uh, i just think it's it's such a wonderful thing to be available for god at all times but think of the times where you just storm off and you're mad at somebody and you know it's days before you even think about oh yeah you know Oh, my prayer partner will be calling pretty soon. and You know, you've been dragging around for days. You know, God's been sitting there waiting for you, you know, trying to get your attention and show you that the best place to be is with him, you know, right where he is. It's the best place for us. He's ordained us to be in that place. And, and many of us are absent because we stay in our own hellish minds sometimes. You know, it's, it's not pleasant. It's not edifying. It's not, it's not a, um, a healthy domain for us. You know? And, and your spirit longs to, to dominate and be close to God. But, you know, if you let your, your flesh win out, your spirit starves, you know. You, you just have to understand that walking with God every day and living with Him minute by minute is what we're ordained to do. This is the best place to live. So, um, I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna give you one more scripture, one or two more scriptures about the blessings of praise, uh, because praise always ushers in a change. Amen. Praise will usher in a change in our lives and not praise on top of iniquity, but confessing your faults first, pushing that out of the way, asking God to cleanse you and get you ready to be in his presence. Amen. Cleansing. If you look in the Bible, you see how the priests would wash themselves at at two or three different stations before they went into the holiest of all. It was because they, they, they had to have that cleansing before they would get into the presence of God. Amen. Psalm Psalm 18 verse 3. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. So in calling upon the Lord, you're saved from your enemies. That's the change that praise can bring about. See, because praise will keep the, the presence of God very close to you. Very close to you. And so you'll be saved from your enemies. Amen. It says verse 6, in my distress I call upon the Lord and cried to my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even to his ears. 
Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was angry. Amen. When God is not pleased, the earth feels it. Amen. Amen. So God is the one who has all power. He is the one who thunders in the heaven. He is the one who delivers. He's that strong. And certainly he's strong enough to take your sickness, to to uh, quench the fiery darts of the wicked that are trying to, to move against you. He's powerful enough to do all of those things. So why not trust him? Amen. Why not call upon him? Psalm 21, 13. It says, be thou exalted, Lord, in your own strength. So will we sing and praise your power. Amen. So God is there in all his strength. So we're going to sing and praise his power. We're going to exalt him because he's powerful. Amen. You're not calling upon a God who can't do anything for you. You're calling upon a God who has all power and will bring all power to your your aid amen he's the lord of armies he can call an army off and he can call an army on whichever one you need at the time amen he'll call off the wicked armies and he'll call on the uh, the holy armies to come and rescue us okay psalm 34 and after we finish this we're going to spend some time worshiping and praising god because we need to do it amen at all times psalm 34 verse 1 i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul will make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Wicked people won't be glad when you praise God, but humble people will. Amen. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Anything that you're afraid of. If you're afraid you won't master certain things in your life. You're scared the devil's going to get the better of you. You understand what I'm saying? You're, some people are afraid of themselves more than anything else. You know, it's an enemy within that disturbs us. And so I've been like that. I lived like that for years. And, and, but God did deliver me. I can vouch for that. Uh, he, he removed uh, all of that from from my life delivered me totally from panic attacks, fears, depression, phobias, all kinds of, of demonic oppression. And let me tell you what I had to do. I had to one by one forgive people that I was angry with. He showed that to me. He showed me that he hands us over to our tormentors when we don't forgive. So there are things that sometimes people don't get over. I can tell you, if you tell them to repent and tell them, um, you know, if you're holding on to something you shouldn't be holding on to, who you mad at, who you think done you wrong and you don't have to forgive them, you think you're right still, who you mad at. And if you can get people to humble themselves and, and let that go and ask God's forgiveness, that's why in times of revival, the spirit of repentance is real high. See, I can tell if we're headed into revival or not by when people come up to the altar, they weep easily. You understand what I'm saying? And you can tell that revival is underway because there people come up and, and ask for prayer and don't think twice about it. They'll lie to you, make something up or, 
You understand what I'm saying? But when revival, the revival spirit always carries with it help for people to to turn away from their sinful ways. You know, God helps them with that, with a spirit of repentance. And so it's a good thing, folks. It's a good thing. Amen. It's a good thing. Amen. Amen. So, Miss Juana, if you want to put on us some worship music, um, uh, you were playing. What were you playing during praise and worship? If you want to start where you stop, we'll just spend some time. Ask God to forgive our sins. Just spend some time meditating with God. God, show me what it is. Show me what it is that's not pleasing to you. Show me what it is you want to help me with. You want to move it out of the way. So there's nothing standing between me and you. Show me what it is that's a problem in my life that's keeping me from feeling peace all the time going forward in you. Show me what it is, Lord. I want to confess it. I want to tell you I'm sorry. I want to ask you to forgive me. I want I want to put it out there on the table so that it's not hindering us anymore. Just take a minute or two. Let God show that to you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Show us, Father. Show us, Lord. Show us, Lord. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us. We don't understand how important it is to be pleasing to you in this area, Lord. We're so thankful. So thankful that you've forgiven us and cleansed us. It doesn't take long for you to do that, Father. As soon as we confess, you hear us and you forgive us. You're faithful and just, and you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as righteous people, Father, we know that we are in a good place with you. We know we're in an ordained place with you. You've ordered us here, Father, cleansed and whole, cleansed from all unrighteousness, and worthy to be from harboring all judgment against our brother, Father, against our friends, Lord. Get spouses, the Bible children, records family members, Matthew, whoever it is, Father. Please ask you to forgive us and, and release us from that burden, Lord, so we can come full to into your presence. Baby Jesus Thank was. you for your holy presence, Lord. It says when they Thank you, Father. We worship you. They fell we bless down. you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We praise your holy name, Jesus. They praise your holy name. They worship we praise your holy name. Father, let every heart their know that it's cleansed because you're faithful and just and they to forgive us him and gifts. to cleanse us from and all unrighteousness. There's the nothing wrong and it is with this. us right and now. When you and, I will and we thank you and that we're acceptable in your sight. The treasure we honor the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. That blood has paid for us to be here. And we acknowledge its power. We acknowledge its redemptive power. We declare that the blood has paid, purchased price for us. And we're so thankful. Thankful for the power. Will begin Thank to move in this place. People can be healed and delivered even while Thank we're you. worshiping and recording. Praise Does anybody Jesus. believe that with me? Thank you. I want you to lift up your hands now and begin to lift up your voices. That's right. Just begin to begin to worship God right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Just begin to bless His holy name. Glory to God. Lord, we love you. 
Just we thank you. We praise you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, glory, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise your holy name, Jesus. Come on and bless We praise your holy name, Jesus. We praise your holy name, Lord God. Oh, we praise you. Oh, we worship you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. We praise you, Jesus. We glorify you. We magnify you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise your holy name, Jesus. Praise your holy name, Lord God. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name.